Welcome to Self, where we discover what it means to be human in a society that shames us for trying to be ourselves. Within Self, we will delve into topics that make us who we are. We know that there's a lot of bullshit in the world that tells you what you are and what you are not. We're here to help you and ourselves filter through that. Come along with us as we embark on this journey of self. Welcome to the self (laughs) episode five. Five means we're official. We are official. We're official on iTunes and Google, Google Play, Play Music. We can you can subscribe. Um, we're also under Self Podcast Blog. Um, will that change? I'm not quite sure. Mainly because I have no idea how to change it. But if I find out and it works, we'll let you guys know. But for now, we are Self Podcast Blog. So welcome. We should change our intro leave a review and, and, and change our intro and outro. So welcome to the Self Podcast Blog. <laughs> gonna do that so today we decided that we wanted to talk about this thing that i have recently coined <laughs> i'm coined the term <laughs> royalties. it's called the zen bubble <laughs> what is this bubble that you speak of this bubble is this you know special place you you go to <laughs> when you don't want to be bothered by the outside bullshit that's happening around you be it Ignorant people, <laughs> ignorant issues, just everything that you just don't want to deal with. <laughs> so when people are saying dumb stuff, you're like, all right, I'm going into the Zen bubble. Bye. Um, yeah. When did you begin this projection of your bubble? Mm, when did we start school? What was the date? <laughs> January, January 23rd, 23rd, 2017. <laughs> I think that's the date. <laughs> And did this bubble just arise? Or were you like, this bubble's going up um, now? On a less, like, uh, on a more truthful note, no, I think it started from doing yoga. And then, I actually, I remember the night, remember the night I had done yoga. I think it was after the first day of school and I came into <laughs> the living room. <laughs> and I was like, oh, how was your day, Jordan? And you were, like, going on a tangent. <laughs> I think, right? And you were like, you're like, oh my god, I'm already stressed. I need to get my books. I need to do this. And I was like, Jordan, no! I was like, nope, I'm going back into my Zen bubble. (laughs) You said, and I quote, you're going to pop my bubble. And I said, oh. You said, said, I got my Zen bubble going, you're going to pop this. And I was like, okay. Because I realized in that moment that if I didn't protect myself, I was going to take on that negative energy and that stressful energy. So I said, nope, into the bubble I go. So that's that's the origin. So you're shielding your heart currently. My heart, my energy, my mind, yes. My soul. (laughs) My being. And is it working well for you, this um, bubble zen? I would say, yeah, I might have taken that, you know, a little too far <laughs> in some instances. <laughs> you know, I'm just cutting bitches off left and right. <laughs> but that's okay. Sometimes you got to just step back. How's your zen bubble? Do you have a zen bubble? Um, I will say I did not start projecting one actually until this past week. <laughs> Um, I <laughs> have lived my life in a bubble, so I wanted to bust out a little bit. And um, given this past this past month's um, political social climate, 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 um, and how horrible it is, 
I decided I too want to create a bubble because I was being stressed out um, for a lot of reasons, which at the end of the day, like, they do affect me in some way, and it's really hard to differentiate how it doesn't affect me to how it does affect me. I see it as even though it may not affect me directly, it still affects me in some way. Um, so I've been trying to put up... <laughs> don't want to say wall, because that's the too real term currently, but I do want to say <laughs> put up this bubble. Project this bubble that just kind of like... Doesn't reflect, but just trick like trickle stuff down. You know, I definitely do lower it for certain things. That I <laughs> Wait, what are we talking? My my about? bubble. I'm, <laughs> I got this. Well, you see, lower it down. Oh, I mean, I guess I shrink it or I open the bubble. Or okay, like, oh, meaning you let certain things. Yes, in. yes, yes. I okay, let I'm certain things okay, in. Okay. Um, if I if I feel that's necessary to have in, because I don't want to be completely de- you know detached anything um so but but for example today um at work there was an issue between um things that are being said in the office and, and my, my and my bubble was hardcore today because i hear anything that happened mind you they're talking like literally right around me so my boss pulls me in to the office and was like i and someone had came to him and said that they felt uncomfortable with what was being said my boss was like, I just want to make sure, that, like, I want to see how you feel. I apologize if it made you feel offended. Uh, and I was like, I really have no idea what <laughs> happened. My, and 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 and, and, and I think I said, I think I said my booking was strong, so I didn't really think of anything. In hindsight, I should have lowered it down because what they were saying was like I heard keywords here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some, there were some some key triggering words, and I was like, I'm about to go up now because I don't want to do with it um but so speaking on that do you think like like if someone would come up to you and say i think you're attaching yourself too much from what's happening around you detaching yourself yeah. too much um that's sort of what we were talking about the other night was we were walking home mm-hmm. with Zawana, right yes uh because i was feeling like i don't want to be uninformed about what's happening in the world but at the same time Every time I'm like, okay, I'll just scroll through Facebook today. Why not? Like one of the first posts I see is something crazy happening. And then immediately I'm just like, oh my goodness. Why did I decide to go on here? Because then that's all I'm thinking about. And it does actually have, for me, I think, an emotional... I'm sure for you too and for most people. It causes it like an actual emotional reaction. And then I get upset and I just... I don't know. I don't think that's a good headspace to be in where... I'm feeling like angry and upset that frequently because truthfully you could you could do it a million times a day if you're scrolling through your Facebook feed mm-hmm. and seeing some of the stuff people put that you might disagree with or whatever. Yeah. So I think if someone were to tell me that um, I was too uninformed, mm-hmm. um, I think it's subjective because everybody has a different level, um, I guess, of information that that they can take in in a healthy way, I think. Um, I'm wording this weird. But I think, every yeah, every person's going to consume differently and has, like, uh, a different level of responsibility, I guess, to know their own um, when it's becoming too much for them. You know, like, yeah. you you might be okay with 
you know seeing multiple things like that and yes it affects you in the moment but it you know you can kind of move through and stuff or well for me maybe I see one thing and it like throws me off or something so yeah I think I would just say well like to each their own and me choosing to not be a part of every little conversation isn't hurting anybody so would it be safe to say that you essentially are excuse me projecting your own safe space Yes! Did you just come up with that? I did, I did. Okay. And that has me on a million questions now. Because, um, remember, in my last semester of my class, my online course, we had a lot of discussions about safe spaces. And a lot of people are, a lot of people are are against safe spaces Mm -hmm. and what they stand for. So, first I want to ask you, how do you define safe space? Um, I think I define a safe space uh, as somewhere you can go. I think a place where you you enter into the space and you feel, you know that you're gonna engage in conversations with people uh, that have different ideas and opinions from you, but you know that those conversations are gonna be met with an open mind and with respect and with consideration and empathy and all those things that I think you should have anyway, but I think some people don't have anymore. Um, I don't think it's a it's a space where people are asking you to not speak your truth. I just think they're asking you to speak more intentionally, maybe than you normally um, would consider or think. I love that. I love what do you, that. What do you think of safe space? Uh, well, historically, it was built. Um, historically, it's a safe space. The idea, the notion of it, was created for the LGBTQ community. Um, as a space where they can be themselves without feeling in danger to be themselves. Mm -hmm. And however, now that has definitely evolved. Um, And I see them as communities to be, to like input in like, in like simple terms. Um, And so it has evolved into, I agree, being a space where you are with people that respect you and that will consider what you're saying and he'll listen, listen to you and engage in dialogue um, even if they're different opinions. I think that's something that people miss because the I think the biggest critique or the biggest, not critique, but the biggest insult people throw when it comes to safe spaces is that they say you're being a special snowflake, which I really don't understand because I think snowflakes are really pretty, so I'd love to be a special snowflake, but okay. Uh, and there are certain people in classes, I'm looking right at them phrases right now in my head, who say shit like, you're a special snowflake, and don't understand what, what a safe space is. Um, and they would say that a safe space is where you go into a space where you're only around people who are just like you. And es- essentially, to put it in the, the idea of like a group think, like some 1984 Big Brother collective type mm. shit, which is so not what it's about. And it's interesting because I had... I felt like I was constantly a champion of safe space in my class. Like, I had to constantly try to prove it to people what it was, because they just weren't, and they just weren't getting it. And all they could think of is, like, uh, because, the, and, the, and, and I, sorry, I guess, um, what's the word? Um, context. In my class, we had a discussion about how a school decided to take away safe spaces on campus to promote engaging dialogue with people of opposite um, views and such. And so there was a lot of people saying, I agree, I think it's I think it's totally great to not have this because you can't have people be sheltered in college and stuff, and college is the, the, the space to really be out there and get yourself educated and do all these things. And my 
argument would be you're missing the point of what a safe space is. A safe space literally, literally is it's impossible to be in a space regardless where everyone thinks just like you. A black safe space means could mean that you're all black, but you could also have black and queer. You can have black and a woman, black and hyper masculine, black and gender fluid. Like you can have black intersectionalities and have different conversations of. But, but about your experience exactly and, I, and people don't get that and it's really frustrating for me because i'm just like how do you not understand what a safe space is because truthfully truthfully everyone has a safe space well it's interesting that uh you're talking about that because i wrote an article about it for dig magazine um and that's when i talked to dr higgins and a couple other people on campus and um I think it's interesting because I feel like those people who, uh, for one, make that argument, and then for two, for some reason, no matter how much you try to explain it to them, can't understand that what you're telling them is different than the, what they're thinking mm-hmm. a safe space mm-hmm. is. But I find that it's those people are the ones who are not marginalized and aren't, um, and essentially like aren't part of any minority group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm not going to say, like, who those people tend to (laughs) be. Because I think we all kind of know. Mm -hmm. Um, So for them, they've never been in that space where they have felt like they have to protect anything in the way that somebody Mm -hmm. who is black and queer Mm -hmm. or a woman and queer and black and what You know what I'm saying? Like, if they don't have those things that are stigmatized and marginalized in society, they're not going to understand the need for a space that allows them to be seen and to be heard. Because for them, that's everywhere, mm-hmm. right? So how do you, and it, to me that like, <laughs> touches on like such huge issues of like being colorblind and not understanding whew, that you have all these different people who have experienced things different, different from you. Um, that's a really interesting point because, and, I've, and I made that point to them, my class saying like the world literally is your safe space like the world and and so that concept could not click for them what they say um they they would just respond with like so with one person in class uh clash (laughs) in class um they would say well i grew up in a trailer park and i have been poor and all this stuff which is completely valid but my point was you have the opportunity to get out of that a lot easier than some people do. And you have the space to talk about it. You have a privilege to even discuss these things that have happened to you. Where people don't have that space unless they enter a private safe space. Where you have the world as your space to say how you feel. But I, and I, I also think that within the past, uh, I don't even know how long, but maybe year so I feel like people um are just a lot more like derogatory and they think that it can pass off as them having free speech that's not you exercising your free speech or you coming at somebody for their sexuality or for being um an undocumented person or like you coming at them for any of those identities um and doing it in a very like What's the word? Not candid. Um, do you get what I'm saying? A very what's I mean, the word? I, I mean, those, is candid. I, I, yes, I, I mean this position as well. I'm being honest. And see, that's where no. I. That's where I feel like, I, like, how do you not get it? Because your idea of being candid and honest is being, um, what's the word? Is being. 
it's being offensive. It's being offensive. Mm-hmm. It's being offensive, and you're attacking someone. You so uh, yeah. I think that's very very true. I think in the past, and def- definitely the least past six months, most definitely there has been. I really think a huge surge in the amount of people who say things that are out of pocket and offhand because be, because because they just think they can now. Because they've seen people people in higher positions doing do the it, same thing, and, and it's 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 honestly really frightening as well to think about it. Um, this is probably gonna burst your symbol right now, but I was just I I was just hearing that and I didn't hear about this until tonight that um, ICE has been grabbing over a hundred people in, in in Los Angeles. What is ICE? Uh, ICE is like the international. Um, it's it uh, essentially like deportation services. Um, and so I don't know what I see stands I don't know what I see stands for, but essentially they've got a hundred people or so from their homes in LA and what? trying to deport them now. Like have grabbed them without their consent and have have just entered their homes um because they knew they were undocumented and now they're trying to deport them. And that is so frightening because that is becoming such like it's 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 becoming so easy now for it to happen. Go ahead. Uh, no, uh, yeah, it's just for like, and, people in power to do that. And the people, I think, who whose response to that would be, well, they're here illegally, they're undocumented, or um, Muslims are terrorists. The people who have that mindset, oh, yeah, this ban is good because we have to stop the terrorists from coming in. For some reason, I feel like they don't have the ability to, like, humanize these situations because my perspective on you telling me right now that 100 people have just been grabbed from their homes, immediately, I'm thinking of the human aspect. They're not illegal immigrants. They're not illegal aliens like people like to call them. They're human beings. They're human beings. They came here for a reason. They are not all murderers. They are not all killers. I know people who are undocumented. And so it's very, like, humanizing and it's Personalized. I know people who are Muslim American and who have gotten shouted at and who have gotten things thrown at them and their li- they feel like their lives are in danger every time they leave their house. So it's like people who don't have that connection to any of these other groups that are different than them, how the hell are they going to be able to relate to that? Because to them, all they're getting is what the media is telling them and these people in power who don't, who don't know these people one-on-one. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. If Trump knew people who were undocumented and actually heard their stories or right or knew people who were muslim and understood their religion and understood where they came from maybe because he's trump it'd be different but i feel like for a normal a normal human being having those experiences would immediately make it that much harder to just to to group them and to say that they're all all bad or all this or all that where do you think this vilification comes from I think they're afraid. I think they're afraid of what's different. And I don't know why they're afraid of what's different. You think media plays a role in it? I think media plays a huge role in it. What do you think? Uh, definitely. And this and this was actually has me thinking now because in my film in my film class, the class is film and culture. Today we're talking about. I mean, and a big talk of the entire course will be about representation. Um, so I actually want to pitch a question to you that they, I asked this in class. Um, would you ra- would you rather have the rep- representation you have now or none at all? Part of me wants to say none at all, but only if I had the chance to like rebuild it. Um, only because I feel like as hard as 
uh, black people try to break away from those stereotypes, they're always held to it. And they're trying, but I kind of feel like it's it's like you're you're still stuck in that hole, and you're trying to you're still trying to get out of that hole. And no matter how many times you prove that you have the ability to step out of that role, you still get you still are seen that way, which is just so like baffling because you have people who are not of color who don't have to do that. It's like so I think I would almost choose having no representation because it almost seems to me like what is portrayed as inaccurate. Yeah, I think it's such a I think it's a relative case by case basis, but I think a lot of instances it's better to have none than what you have now and that's I think that's the point that's something that we we're talking about in classes that we're talking we we're discussing in the class was that if we have no no representation, okay, yes, that could mean that so like say in say in the world that there aren't blacks on television or film, right? Um was is an issue having a lack of representation. There also isn't a space to stereotype us and vilify us as thugs, as prostitutes, as people who deal drugs, as, as people. Thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> and hoes and ratchet. <laughs> I'm a princess, and you're a thought. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like there would be no space for them to do that. Um, and it was really interesting. It was really interesting where we were discussing that because there has always been a lot, a bad of bad representation um, for you know for our identities. If you're if you're not if you're truthfully if you're not a Caucasian male um, who's straight, um, there has been a lot of representation that has been bad for every other aspect. You know, like we just said, in black in terms of um, queer. It's like if you're a man, you are. Um, hyper um hyper effeminate you you know really really bright colors and like love broadway and talk like this all day and like carry a little note and just like it's this fabulous with your gucci bag with with your gucci bag oh that's (laughs) hope they never um if you are a queer woman you wear um you know biker jeans and ride ride a harley um your okay, name well. is, and your name is Jack when it's really Jacqueline or something. Yeah. Um, you know, it's in terms of like um Latinos, you are you know, the portrayal of like lazy, which I think is a really ironic portrayal. I have never and I think I, I I'm trying to think if I saw someone says in, in my class that was like, I've never met anyone who's Latino and lazy. <laughs> like right. I just I I I don't, I don't even get how like laziness is an is an inherent trait <laughs> of any race. Um, <laughs> I just stupid. So, but, 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 but yeah, and so I think just to some extent, no, no representation would be better because then there wouldn't be a chance for people to stereotype us as these negative things. So, with all that being said, what would your response be to someone who told told you that you're um, too detached by going into your zen bubble? I f- would say. One, it's impossible to fully be detached from what's happening because even if I'm not looking for it, it's going to appear in front of my face um, in some way, shape, or form. And so I would respond with 
I will I refuse to be shamed for caring for myself in this moment because my mental health because truly truly like if my mental health is is awry, I can't be of service to anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know I you know I I can't be an ally for causes if I am having a panic attack. I can't help myself if my anxiety is going through the roof. You know there's I see it as like. Yes, I am detached because I know exactly what's happening around me, and, the, and at this point in time, there's nothing that I can do that I know of. So I need to detach one, so I can recuperate myself, and two, so I can come back in ready to fuck bitches up and fight this shit. You know, mm-hmm. I yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with being detached. And I think, and 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 and, and, and I and and I, and I will say this: I don't know if I've done this at all, but if I have, I will say I apologize if I made you feel like you are being attached. At all because I we you know just because yeah, like oh, no, I you haven't. Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, because I feel like I I think I had this conversation with somebody else on campus and they were talking about how they haven't been involved and they're in they were and they were like and they and they had said like you, you probably think I'm like crazy or weird, and I was like oh my god no like why do you think that and then, and and then like and and they're just saying like well like you say this on social media or something and 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 so at least even if it's like indirectly me doing so it's like if. Like, like if I know somebody that attached, I'm not, I'm not going to shame them for not wanting to be involved in something that one, like I said, they already know what's happening. There is no need for them to put themselves in, put, to put their mental health in danger because of it. Um, even at the um, Senate meetings um, on campus, um, um, RVP had said on several occasions, what is amazing to stand up and fight for what you believe in is also important to take care of yourself you know, and be there for you. And if it's too much, it's okay. Yeah, and I, I just feel personally like that's probably where I'm at, especially coming out of last year where I think a lot of us, it was just hard. It was just hard. And it's still hard now with all mm-hmm. this stuff going on. And like you said, it's hard to process it and it's hard to process it um, and not, and without being sure of what you can do with those emotions and those feelings that's actually going to instill change. Because I can sit here and write a Facebook post. I can write a blog post. Yes, people can read it. But I think, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like it sucks to not know that you're actually going to make like real change. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I know it's hard. I have a question for you, though. In all this ugly and hate, oh. what is one thing that actually still gives you hope? I think that the fact that people are rallying behind all these good causes, um, that definitely still gives me hope. Because and and the fact that I surround myself with people um, who like in in like in like inherently are diverse already, like they're fundamentally people who just have amazing and different, all totally different world world views, but they all revolve around being progressive and being, you know, perpetuating this idea of equality and not sacrificing that notion of it. I get hope, I, 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 ha- I get hope every day. As much as I feel in the morning, sometimes in the morning that I may not have as much hope by the day, I'm like, I have hope because at least in, 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 you know, in my world, in my bubble, that will include my friends and family who I care about, I know that we will check for each other mm-hmm. as much as we can, and I and I and I, I do hope that 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 bubble will extend to a more on a more global scale, but at least locally, I know, I know that we'll check for each other, and that and you know that like we are right, we are right or dies, 
you know, well, I mean, Holy Gun dies, but we, but we will definitely writers. die. Definitely writers. Definitely writers. Writers, yes. <laughs> Same question to you. I definitely agree. I think what gives me hope is like, is knowing that um, I'm on a campus and I, f- and I'm in a city where I think everybody um, is intelligent and I feel like everybody is using their brains <laughs> and their thinking and they're not just taking everything at face value. And I feel like uh, every time I have conversations with people, they're always questioning things, whether it's at Shabbat with you and talking to Rabbi Drew. Um, my professors all do it. The people in student government. Like, it's everywhere. Um, the people I interact with that uh, work, babysitting. So I think that gives me hope is knowing that I'm not s- sitting around mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of like complacent people mm-hmm. who are just accepting what's being thrown at them. And even though we may not, not, might not know what the next step is right now, we're all thinking about it and we're all trying to get to that place. And we all see that there are like are changes that need to happen in the world, like big changes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that gives me hope to know that I'm surrounded by people who are conscious and aware and thinking and are being active. I love that. I love that. And I just just want to say really quickly, like even a lot of like big businesses have been, like like, I don't know if you get a lot of emails and stuff, but like like Airbnb, Mm -hmm. um, they, they, I'm not sure, but they had an email um that and it's it something i forgot the head the subject line was but it's, essentially essentially it was like we are here for you and like we don't believe in this we do mm. we don't believe in this band stuff and they airbnb is uh, going to allow refugees to come and stay in like like in the, wow. in the homes there and that will protect them because the homes won't be in their names so they can stay there without having to have the fear of like like their names being out there. That's that was, I, I I think that's why I believe was the head of that. But that's really that's amazing. That's amazing. And I've seen so many um companies say these things. You know, and even you know, even our school, um, I love the fact that our school, while it's a bit problematic that they won't declare themselves a sanctuary campus, which I understand as well because if they do that, that could threaten their federal funding, which would would immensely affect the school. Um, but the fact that they will operate as a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Um, is amazing, you know, to know that the school itself op- will operate as such and won't and will refuse to cooperate with um, like ICE and stuff mm-hmm. when it comes to the undocumented students and staff and even staff on campus. It's amazing to know that there are that the like while locally also on to some extent on national scales that there are companies and businesses and people that also feel the same way and that and that, and, and that they, they don't they have no fear in announcing it mm-hmm. to the world that they don't believe. And what's happening? That was loaded. That was loaded, but um, just operate from a place of self awareness. Yes. And know what you can handle, and protect your mental health, like you said. And self care is important. If that means you don't read the headlines of the news that day, that's okay. Yeah. You're not a bad member of society. Yes. Protect your Zen bubble. <laughs> yeah, you better protect your Zen bubble. Don't let no one try to steal your shine. Try to rob you of yourself. Do not let them rob you. But have that bubble going strong. The bubble is going to steal. I was going to say, like, um, LVS said this to me a few weeks ago. And she said, love what you do, but love yourself more. And I thought that was really, really powerful. Mm. Yes, LVS, right? And Her bubble was strong. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to The Self Podcast. We appreciate you and we are so honored to have you with us on this journey of exploration. 
Join us next week as we take another step on this road to discovery. I'm Jordan Daniels. And I'm Emily Ayers. And, and this, this is, is a Self Podcast. Self-podcast.